Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. to Rule the Roost podcast, the, well, the penultimate edition of the season. Um, unfortunately, this week, Raj hasn't been able to join us um, because he's actually, well, I wanted to let you guys know um, on air that he's actually left the pod. No, he hasn't really, sorry. Um, he's just, he can't be fucked. So, there you go. But I am joined as ever by Mr. Sebastian stafford Blore. So, hello, Sebastian. How you doing, mate? Hello, Jack. I'm it's kind, it's kind of irksome of me. I'm days away. It's, I was going to say, I'm sorry to be so irksome and keep calling you Sebastian, even though you've obviously said that you don't really like it. But um. No, it's, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that kind of, you know, when someone calls me Sebastian, it, it, like, it reminds me of being in trouble when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, Sebastian! It's quite formal. Put exactly. down that millipede exactly. or um, whatever. That was weird. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about the, <laughs> sort, of, the sort of japes that... It, well, no, I wasn't meaning it in that respect. I was just... I thought about the the things a young Sebastian might be getting up to, collecting mini beasts well, in the garden. That's what I mean. Terrorising. That's the kind of child you picture me as. Your siblings, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh, it's it's um no, Sebastian's fine. It's um it's formal. I I, I um you know I, I'm 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 getting over a sensitivity because obviously I I did the kind of the reveal from um from under the Premier League owl name, and then. I revealed that I had a double barrel surname and I lost like 80 followers within <laughs> 12 hours. It's, it's, it's kind of, fairly reasonable, mate, to be honest. You know. It is. It was a very strong statement. I, and I thought, yeah, fair enough. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. So Sebastian just, you know, it's just another set of synonyms, another set of syllables, which I can probably, probably do without. But that's okay. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we are in real danger of becoming... A miserable old man pod without Raj's youthful injection. This, this is, is the upside to Raj not being able to make it, though. This is true. this is us being able to indulge uh, the misery. That's, you know, that's okay. okay, I'll tell you what. To, to, in, to indulge this misery, I'll, I'll let you know that I've been having absolute hell with my ankle at the moment. I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, about a year ago. About a year ago, I was testing the one of the companies I work with released some new football boots and we, we went on a, uh, a a play date, if you like, where we were play testing <laughs> these boots and uh, try to imagine that, if you will, me uh, playing like in highly sophisticated sporting equipment. But, you know, when you're talking about something, you've got to be able to be in, a, in, in an educated position and something, you know, where you really know what you're talking about. So what better way to be able to talk to young, aspiring athletes um, than for 
an overweight, aging man to go out and play in them in a <laughs> bit of a kickabout in, uh, yeah, in wherever I was. Um, but yeah, I turned my ankle quite embarrassingly, given that it was a work kickabout. And everyone was kind of, you know, it's a work kickabout, you think it's going to be fun. It was actually deeply serious because all of these like deep-rooted political work issues come to the fore and no one wants to be seen to be kind of not good at anything as often is in London-based offices and probably a lot of offices around the UK. But I turned my ankle then and it was sort of in agony for two months. I had an x-ray, all this kind of thing, because it was like the size of a balloon and it, it yeah, it, it was one of these things where basically the doctors... They, they have this, I, I think any fellow overweight gentlemen who are listening to this show will know the feeling of going to the doctors and essentially their stock advice just being, let's take your BMI, uh, let's weigh you, let's see how heavy you are. Now, I think what I would recommend in my professional opinion is that you maybe look to lose some weight, so on and so forth. And that's kind of generally where... Where their feedback comes, which is sound advice, okay, I'll give them that. But at the same time, you know, being someone that knows their own body and knows that when something just isn't right, it was like, well, this is there's obviously more to it than that. But whatever, you know, it kind of disappeared. But for whatever reason now, it's almost like I've turned 30 and that's it. Suddenly, the ankle, that's it. That old footballing injury that I had, which only happened a year ago, but it's still now my old footballing injury is flaring up just for no reason whatsoever. Literally just in the night, I wake up and my ankle throbs and hurts. And I've gone to the doctor and they've looked at it and they've just said, oh, it'll be fine, it'll go away. But that's it. And it reminds me of like, a, just to, whilst I'm splurging out into the ether, it reminds me of this old Louis C.K. sketch where he's talking about becoming a man of a certain age when you start going to the doctor's and they say, okay, well, what you need to do is, you know, if you've got like a bad back or a bad shoulder, you do these kind of like, you know, these exercises every single morning. And uh, yeah, that will help alleviate the pain. And he kind of says to the doctor, like, you know, well, and how long until I need to stop doing those exercises? And the doctor's like, no, you just, you do those exercises now until you die because you're old, you know? And that's kind so of. Did, you, did they give you a set of um, exercises to remedy your your ankle? Oh, all these bollocks have just like sat there. Roll your ankle. Do this. Straighten your toes. Straighten. You know, it's just. Yeah, I mean, you get that off the internet. You know, that's, that's such that's such kind of lazy doctoring. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I if I got a problem with my um my ankle, you, you know, you just uh, you could find a YouTube self help video. I'm sure. Exactly, and buy like a, I don't know, what is it, Savlon or some deep heat or something. But uh, yeah, th- thank you, listeners. Um, for anyone that has skipped that section, we probably will talk about football now, which was our emphatic 2 0 win. Home oh, win. hammering. Yeah. Massive. Smashed, smashed them to pieces. Um, I mean, it's nice to, to, to end the, at least the home season with a win, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, wore the nice new home shirt, scored some goals, won a game. I love that I, shirt. I've got to say, I do love a sash. I love yeah, me too, me too. I, well, I, I, it was fine. It was, um, I don't know. I, I think we're just in a kind of, um, you know, you know, when you're going to bed at night, and um, you know that state you get into before you fall asleep, where you're 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 cognizant of what's around you, but not really. Well, that that's kind of where Tottenham are. 
and it's sort of I don't know I, I think a lot of the fan base has got to, to that stage as well where it's sort of defeats don't really bother you bad performances sort of do but in a kind of you know, laissez-faire way and goals are just nice and it's that it's not I don't know our, our fan base and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with, with every other one around the country you know we we um we ruthlessly analyse everything that happens in every single game. Mm. And um, even in this spell of the last sort of six weeks where the season's quite obviously been over for everybody involved. I mean, I, I follow a few of our guys on, on Instagram and like Eric Lamella's on a beach somewhere. Eric Dyer's teeing up on a golf course in Lisbon. I mean, it's just like, it, it's sort of over... Um, demonstration that no one really gives a fuck. I've only even been, I've only even been having a cheeky yeah. Nando's, Seb, because that's that's a hot a hot topic right now is old cheeky Nando's. You know. Well, actually, that 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 that's merciful. Actually, it means we don't actually have to talk about the whole game because um, it's been a week of first for me, which I thought I'd bring up on the pod. In that I went to my first ever Nando's. Oh, cheeky, proper yeah, cheeky, well, I, that I, mate. Well, the, the two firsts I had this week both involved me humiliating myself and that <laughs> I went to the Nando's and um, I was just, I had an hour to kill and I was hungry. So I went in and I, I sat down. I didn't know how it worked. So I sat there for a while and, um, and no, no one came to sort of ask me what I wanted. And I, I was you know, getting a little bit annoyed and self-righteous about it. And then Was this, this a Larry this guy, David moment? So. Yeah, but just without the humour. Um, <laughs> And, and this guy just came up and was like, have you, have you been to Nando's before? And I felt, I, I got kind of drawn back into my teenage years of insecurity. I was like, yeah, of course I have. And, um, and, and then he sort of went away again and no one came back. And then five minutes later, he, he just, he clearly had pity on me. And I came up and was like, yeah, you, you need to go and order over there. And then this repeated itself. I didn't know that you had to get your own cutlery or that you got your own drink or I just embarrassed. Um, and then last night, I, I nearly called you about this because I didn't know where else to turn. But I, <laughs> I went to the cinema. It's something I, miserable then. So that yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I went to the cinema and I've, I've never been to a 3D film before. And um, I thought, well, you know, I went to see Mad Max and I thought, you know, go see that in 3D, why not? It was also an hour earlier, which meant that I could go to bed a little bit earlier after it finished, which was great. And um, I went in, bought my ticket, walked in into the um, <laughs> into the, into the uh in, in, into the screening room and um and uh yeah i was sat there and there were always people around me with like with the glasses and i, I was just sitting thinking when when, when do they bring the glasses round? <laughs> <laughs> and um and then i i thought i'm you know i might text jack because he probably knows about that and he won't laugh at me too hard and then yeah, I, like, I you don't you kind of think should i text right no 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 no, 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 no. Talk about that forever yeah because um, that's 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 a text getting screenshotted and tweeted immediately yeah, off the official off, off the rule of the roost account yeah. yeah so i kind of sheepishly went back into like where they sell all the popcorn and stuff and was like where do i get the glasses and um and i, I bought them and i went back in <laughs> And I, I kind of I had them by me, and, and none, none of the adverts or the or the trailers seemed to be in 3D. So I sat there and I was like, "Well, you know, leave them off." And then um, <laughs> I got five minutes into the film, and I, I remember thinking, "I don't like this. This is making my eyes hurt." Because I wasn't wearing the glasses. I, I forgot. It's not in. My, it's not an instinct of mine to sit there, watch a film, and put a pair of glasses on. No, yeah, okay, that's fair. It's but... just not. And, and I just thought, "This is shit. I can't, I can't see a thing." <laughs> 
and then and then I, I looked around and it was quite a, a sparsely populated um, uh, cinema, and um, and then I saw someone a few rows below me wearing the glass, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll do that. And uh, yeah, it all got better from that point on. But yeah, a series of humiliations, all of which were character building in their in their own way. Exactly, and no, but. It's nice. It, the thing, the positive you've got to take from that as well, though, Seb, is that like even in your uh, twilight years, you're still yeah. learning new things. So, you know. Yeah, and also bless you for not revealing that before the film, I was actually sat in a TGI Fridays by myself. I, yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna do that, mate. You know, come on. Like you're in a retail park, you've got to. You know, you got to make do. Really, it's like you said. It's that or Yates's. So you know. Oh, mate, the Yates's look brutal. Full of full of people that I don't know. Yeah. Dear God. Not, um, not good. Yeah. Should we talk about the football then? Well, all I was going to say, really, I mean, the only things <laughs> for me to sort of mention with the football were, you know, Eric Lamella is actually starting to really, he's starting to really look like a player now as well. I think like, you know, we've, we've, we've championed, and I'm, I'm not even saying this in a smug way, but like we've, we've kind of said, you know, keep a bit of faith in the lad, so on and so forth. And he really does just look like he started to actually grow a pair a bit yeah. and follow through a bit more with kind of things, parts of his game that have been lacking. So how we were saying previously, like a lot of his passes and things were under hit, but that just seems a bit more like it's just because he's lacking confidence and so on and so forth. But now he's kind of a bit more up to speed. It looks like he's got a kind of decent channel of communication with a lot more of the players around him and now he's just kind of like actually fuck you know what? I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself and I'm just going to I'm going to go out there and do this and it, you, you get that I'm not saying he's a finished article yet don't get me wrong I'm not by any means saying he's the 30 million pound maverick player that we thought we were bringing in but if if you can't genuinely acknowledge that he is improving it's it's that you don't want to you know and that's that I don't know yeah I think we've said that a couple of times, haven't we? And I think it's still true now. I mean, he, I still see um, when he has it because he, the last the Stoke game accepted. He um, he's played well in all of the, the recent games, and I kind of when they're going on, I check the kind of the, the mentions of him on Twitter, and there are still people going, "Well, shit, let's sell him at the first possible opportunity." And these are just people that have given really big, bold opinions about him in the past, and just uh, you know refusing to let go of them. I think I think you're right. It's um, yeah. It's sad. I mean, I just think you know, you, we have a fan base that are really, really eager to recognise drop-offs in form and to throw players under the bus as soon as they dip below their expected level. Yet, strangely, the reverse isn't true. In that, you know, Lamella. Oh, yeah, but it's only five games. Well, you say, well, yeah, but you know, Ryan Mason's only had three bad games, but yet you're willing to 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 sort of condemn him to squad filler for the rest of time so you know can't I mean, have it both wouldn't, ways wouldn't the world be a better place Seb, if people could just just acknowledge the fact that sometimes admitting that you were wrong it's the easiest thing in the world to do it's just what you can do and i think we can all we can all you know let's just have a little moment of love here man like i think we can all maybe take that on in our everyday lives that sometimes just admit that you're wrong just say you know what put my hands up i called it wrong yeah, well, I, I think I think also it's very liberating. I remember thinking, uh, I, I I didn't really buy into Harry Kane until his second against Chelsea. There's a specific moment I thought, okay, I'm going to let go of all the negativity and just enjoy this now. 
Mm. And trust me, that there is there's nothing like okay. Even if you even if you make your living by writing about the game or talking about it or you know doing YouTube's about it, whatever it is, you've voiced an opinion which proves to be wrong. Like it's an imperfect game. You're allowed to be wrong. That's just the way it is. And, and you, 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 no, no one's going to. Um, this isn't one of those situations where if you're shown conclusively to be incorrect about something in the past, then that devalues every opinion you give from that point onwards. It doesn't work like that. There's nothing wrong with um, holding your hands up and going, yeah, missed on that. I thought Rio Ferdinand would always be shit, you know, for example. And that Terry Cook, the kind of um, guy that uh, he played like three first-team games for Manchester United back in the 90s, was, you know, was going to be what Beckham ultimately became. And, you know, laughable opinions, but it's just part of the fun. I remember thinking that Jamie Slabber would be absolutely amazing <laughs> for Spurs saying that. There we go. We've all I, had our Dean Marnie moment, mate. So. Well, yeah, exactly. I just remember, yeah. like, because I think on his, his, within minutes of coming on for his first team appearance, he, he notched an assist to Teddy Sheringham or something. And yeah. there was a lot of talk about Jamie Slabber at the time. And I remember I knew a, I actually knew a lad that had played with him at a youth level as well that had always sort of reeled off all these Gareth Bale esque stories or what we come had come yeah. to know of. Gareth Bale stories that you know he he was so good he could only play with his left foot and so on and so forth. Um, so there's a lot of hype around him, but you know, well, we, I mean, like Spurs is a club. We've had so many players like that. Do you remember oh. Yannick Kamanen? Do you, is that a name that rings a bell with you? Seb? <laughs> the next Thierry Henry. Uh, oh God! Yeah, there we go. Um, but Gareth yeah, and oh, just whilst we're talking about yeah. young players. Ryan Mason's pass, mate. Dear, oh dear. Absolutely beautiful. I liked um, a, 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 one of my Twitter favourites, a lady called Rosa. She's a, she's, oh, I like Rosa too. Yeah, she, uh, she, she called that. <laughs> she said she was convinced that that was Ryan Mason's personal love letter to her. So I thought that was quite funny. Um, the tragedy for Mason was that that pass came in the same game as the Lamella pass earlier, which is... In my opinion, the past of the Tottenham season, I thought that was just wonderful. But Mason, Mason, the thing I like about that pass is that Mason, um, because of the amount of errors he's made in recent weeks, you wouldn't have expected him to try and make that pass. No, it's quite, it's so low percentage. You get that even slightly wrong, and you look a bit silly. It looked and, almost instinctive, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just, and it was a lovely bit of skill, great bit of vision. Because you, you, you know, being able to execute that kind of ball. Is, is hard enough as a as a skill, but to do it, um, but to see the option for it is is even harder. And I thought it was um, you know, a good run from Danny Rose to con- to continue into the box, but a nice finish, I guess. Um, but yeah, great ball, great great ball. And also, I think to be honest, like I, you know, if a uh, a Tottenham player dying, I know there's this whole thing of him saying he dyed his hair purple and it came out red. Like, come on, that's obviously bollocks. Like, we know he's dyed his hair red, and he's just trying to make an excuse. But really, if you really think like oh, that Tottenham player dyeing his hair red, it's a bit silly. Like you have to, you do have to take into consideration he plays the Spurs, the biggest rivals are Arsenal. Blah 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 blah. You know he shouldn't dye his hair red. Really, it's a slap on the wrist. But this, some of the tweets you see kind of flying around, he's a fucking disgrace. He's this. He's that. Guys, get a bit more joy. You know, just get a bit yeah, more man. joy in your lives. Get a hobby. Well, maybe, you know? maybe just fill your life with other stuff for a little bit. Yeah, like you just have other stuff. other interests. 
other things to be, you know. This is like one of my most promising young players, and he genuinely is. He's had such he's a good season, well. you know. Yeah. yeah, he has. Cut the guy a bit of fucking slack. Well, it's just I, 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 this is. I think that that's a reflection of kind of not only football society but society as a whole. You have all these yeah. people that sitting around waiting to be offended and pissed off about things, and that was one of them. You just thought, fuck get off. Yeah. Just you know, it's not even. It, it didn't even. When I when I heard that story, I just thought you're a moron, yeah. <laughs> rather than like but, but only because he tried to die. As, well, I, I'm not sure. I um, I didn't I didn't believe his his excuse because I thought, why would you try and dye your hair purple? What do you is that is that a lost bet or? And yeah. I just I, it's a funny story, but I it only the sort of you know the significance of it only occurred to me once people had started tweeting about it. I just think, guys, come on, just get a grip on yourself. Like, just, I don't know, just stop it now, isn't it, really? Um, but let's let's go on to our, our main event, um, because people want to listen to them more than they want to listen to us talking about old man stuff, Seb. So we have Cy and Borley back, our esteemed Evertonians uh, from the NSNO podcast. Um, can I, um, before we go into go, them, go can I... And I tell my mother to skip over the next 30 minutes if she's listening. Just, just, I don't know. I don't think much has gained from you listening to this chat. So, you know. Next six, to, uh, 60 minutes, I think, actually. It's yeah, it's quite, quite long. long. Just just keep going until you stop hearing the, the Mersey accent. And then, then, then you can start listening again, all right? Chicken noise. So, um, we've struggled as ever to find any reputable Everton spokes. <laughs> so we welcome back to the show, Ian Ball, Borley, as you Hello. as you otherwise know, and Mister not Paul Simon, Simon Paul. How are you doing, lads? It's um, it's a pleasure to be on the Arsenal podcast. Oh fuck you! How dare you? How dare? You? How are you doing, lads? I, I didn't get to speak to you last time. You all made fun of me because I it was date night. And I was at I was at the cinema, but don't think I didn't hear that that episode. <laughs> that you was the whole fucking my, point. Yeah, tearing <laughs> tearing strips out of me, saying I wasn't missed. You know you all missed me. You know you did, didn't you? No, not as much as your bed did. Oh fuck it. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 that's probably a good thing, right? Maybe. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well as a Geordie yourself, friend of mine that. once said, going out with your girlfriend is for pucks. <laughs> 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 I, yeah. I, I, Okay, I'll I'll take that one. Yeah, um, I don't really care. What okay. did you go and see? What did you go and see? Out of more curiosity, now I can't remember actually. Fifty um, Shades of Grey. I bet you it was Fifty Shades of Grey. No, 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 no. I haven't I haven't actually seen that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that. But apparently, it's actually quite. Tame. Whoa, whoa, stop! What Back the fuck up? <laughs> when have you just gone with that then? Have you seen it, Paul? I take oh, it. Oh my you've, fuck! Bet you've read them all as well, haven't you? <laughs> They are all next to Bully's bed. Yeah, exactly. Big box of Kleenex and all the all the Fifty Shades. <laughs> I didn't yeah, say which bed... side of his bed they're on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bed reads that my beds are into it, so I bought her some fluffy handcuffs. <laughs> and um, I bought myself a whip, but she won't hit me with it. So I've got a spiky paddle. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is a football podcast for anyone that's do you remember, never do you remember listened the, to. Yeah, the conversation we had just a, just about five minutes ago about visual images and burning. <laughs> Some people's retinas. That's, that yeah, was, yeah. That's not great to start at all. Twenty stone of pure loving boys. <laughs> that's and that's uh, just his right arm. 
That's uh, it's a well worked right arm. Then I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I use me I use me left one for that. Feels like someone else, and I put just one stocking on, so I feel like I'm in bed with a woman. <laughs> How are we here already? Is this? I take this is what our seasons have, have taken us to, really. Isn't oh, it? are we here for the footy? Apparently, yeah. Oh, fuck it. That, I think that's then. what I think that's what most of your players ask themselves at the start of every, oh, oh, every game. Wow, well, you know, banter, banter. Some of, some of them have been lo- using the left as well, so it looks like someone else when they're shooting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tell you, if we if we are to go into football, like you know, Borley's spoken at length before about his his concerns about Mister Roberto Martinez, but you were you were very much on side at that point. Sorry, uh, is, is, have you waned at all now? He's tested my patience a lot. Um, it's it's difficult, really. I, I am still a big fan. I still believe that he'll he'll turn it round next season. Um, <laughs> mute your microphone when you're doing that. Um, <laughs> no, I I think I think he can still turn it around. I think this last season, the players bought into his philosophy uh, in a phenomenal way. And they've played with such arrogance that um, these are all Martinez-isms, by the way, that, you know, it turned it around. And, and I think we needed that after David Moyes. We'd stabilised under Moyes and started to drift backwards a little bit. And I think the players were getting a bit frustrated. Someone new came in, gave them something different to do, and it worked. Unfortunately, he didn't know how to do something different again when that stopped working. And he didn't know how to revert back to being defensive enough when that stopped working. So in the Premier League, when teams came and sat sat behind the ball and basically said, well, come and break us down, we couldn't do it. In the Europa League, when teams attacked us, we could get in behind them and absolutely wallop them. Um, and in the Premier League, I mean, the, the second game of the season was, was the 6-3 at home to Chelsea. Very few teams, apart from Hull, score three goals against Chelsea. Was it Hull that beat them 3-0? Some score five against some, Chelsea. Some do no? score five. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's when when Jose is trying to make a point that though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was a really open, really flowing game, and we all looked at that, and we we walked out the ground thinking, if we play like that against other teams, we'll be fine. We'll wallop them. But other teams don't play like Chelsea do against us, so we don't, we didn't get the opportunities this season. I think over the summer. If he learns from last preseason, where his players all came back hopelessly unfit, um, if he learns that you need a plan B, C, D, and E in football, then I think next season we'll turn it around. We'll be back up fighting for Europa League spots at the very least. I mean, what's the what's the sentiment behind? Would you say like large parts of the Everton support around the Europa League? Because there's there's this ongoing kind of like battle between Spurs fans that. Do we want Europa League? Don't we want Europa League? And Seb's actually written a very good article about it this afternoon about kind of like lots of the pros and cons of the Europa League and how it's it's kind of a it's I, you put it in very good terms, Seb. But it's it's basically like it's it's a pointless argument because the pros and cons are very evenly weighted, right? Yeah, I think that you, like people people have this habit of, of assessing English attitudes towards the Europa League as as one entity. As if you know all the different clubs that compete in it year on year don't have, firstly, dif- different aspirations, different priorities, and like, different limitations. And it's kind of, I thought Everton were a really good example this year of, of a side that did take it seriously, progressively. So they just, you know, I, I watched that the um, 
I watched the second leg of the um, the, the Kiev game. Oof. Yeah, exactly. Sorry and, about that. They, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were just a good team. And, like, you know, I, I think it was some... Um, I read an article in... Well, the reason I wrote it was because I, I read an article in um, in World Soccer this afternoon, which basically just said, well, it's just English arrogance. And they took aim at Martinez <laughs> by saying that, you know, um, his failings this season have, have been you know, partly due to... They didn't mention the lack of a plan B. They were talking about sort of the um, the problems you lot have had in defence and saying, well, you know, that's the reason. Whereas in reality, there were, there were periods during that Europa League campaign where you were quite impressive. Um, the young boys game away was was great. I thought you guys, you guys played... You, you could have had eight that mm-hmm. night, really. Um, but it was just... It's just um, it's just a strange one. I, I, I just... I, I find it... Yeah, I, I just I find it odd how we're all kind of tarnished with the same brush, irrespective of the fact that we're all competing for different things and we're all trying to do different things in the Premier League. And it's just an odd the one. Thing, the thing is, the thing is with Europa League, it's it's seen by some as the Champions League's poor cousin. Yeah, and we live in an age now, unfortunately, where it's it's driven by um, a, a commercial narrative from like the likes of Sky Sports. Um, likes of ITV even and, and FIFA and UEFA don't do anything to get in the way of this mm. in that uh, people play championship manager or football manager whichever franchise they've gone with um, and they, they, they think about bank balances more than winning football matches and winning trophies yeah. football fans in this country Everton fans and I would imagine Spurs fans as well because we're, we're competing for the same sort of places apart from this season um, you look at you you get an argument every single year. Would you rather win the FA Cup or finish fourth? Yeah, yeah exactly I, the same with us. I have no idea why that's even an argument. The FA Cup is the FA Cup. It's a piece of silverware that now gets you into the Champions League or now gets you um, further forward. Right. No, it doesn't. It now gets you into Europe. Yeah. I was going to say, when did I miss that? Yeah, so it's, it's Europe. We should have taken it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a piece of silverware. Yeah. Um, Everton's most successful manager, Howard Kendall, said when I was listening to him speak at an after-dinner thing, he was asked, did the players ever complain that they were tired? Because in the 80s, Spurs were competing in the UEFA Cup at at that point as well. English teams were playing 55, 60 games a season regularly. And he he said, "Did, did they ever complain that they were tired? And he said, no, because... They were winning games. And if you're winning games, you want to play more. And if you're playing more, it's because you're winning games. And it just it's a self-perpetuating motion of if you win these games, you'll play these games. And if you win them games, you'll play, you know. And every footballer wants to play more football when they're winning. Yeah. Well, so whether that's not... Champions League or Europa League, it's European football and exactly. it's a cup. Christian Eriksen came out and said exactly the same thing to uh, to the press earlier on this season when they asked him, you know, would you secretly be happy if Spurs didn't get into Europe? And he, he yeah, his in in short, his response was fuck no, you know, it's yeah. we want to play in Europe. Every single footballer, yeah, yeah, we get tired, but we want to play as many games as we can. We want to play in high profile games. And there is, you know, like you like you were saying, side like there is this like attitude that. The Europa League is the Champions League's whatever poor cousin or something. I suppose you know if you if you to be kind of like you know black and white about this kind of thing, you can look at it in that sense. But 
at the same time, it's still it's still an elite competition. Like when you actually look at the later stages of the Europa League, they, these are effectively like Champions League ties. You know, you're yeah. playing against Champions League level teams, yeah. and. Anyone that says, like, you know, you, you saw the way the Chelsea players responded when they won the Europa League the other year. Well, you know, were they fuck bothered that it was only the Europa League? Exactly. They were delighted, you know, and anyone would be. And I, I think it's kind of, it's maybe lesser now. I don't think the argument really fits as much with, like, the League Cup. I think a lot of teams, like, I think, like, teams like our size, so, like, Everton, Spurs, Villa, so on and so forth, like, we should definitely be looking to win something like the Carling Cup, but or whatever it is now. But you can understand why maybe you know your your top four, your solidified top fours, would look at winning something like the League Cup as not a mark of success. Um, and you can kind of understand it. Not not that it makes it right, but you can kind of understand that a bit more. But I don't I don't think you can really look at the Europa League in comparison to the Champions League and say it's like winning the League Cup compared to winning whatever, the FA Cup or, or a league trophy. Like, I still think it's, it's it's a prestigious award to win. And yeah, it's not on the same level as the Champions League, but it's still a massive, it's still a massive thing to win. Um, and and well, I was just going to say very quickly, like, one of the things that we can really take out of this Europa League, and I suppose like last year's to an extent Europa League campaign, is the fact that we've now got the likes of Nabil Bentaleb, Brian Mason, Harry Kane in particular playing for our first team. And that's where they really found their feet, playing in those kind of like midweek fixtures. So if it, if exactly. it allows us to kind of usher in some more of our young players in the early stages, so on and so forth, give them some more kind of high-profile first-team action, I, I just I don't see really where, where the issue lies with that. But, you know, the, there are obviously issues to the, the Isn't it the same with everything? Because it didn't... Um... Didn't uh, Luke Garbutt get his? Might not have been his debut, but didn't he get a kind of a little run of games in this year's? Yeah, this year's yeah, campaign. Absolutely. That was the first time we seen him. Yeah, yeah that, right, that was right? the first time we seen him in full flow. He's a good player. He, um, I like him. Yeah. If if we look back through history, I mean, I think both of us have won European competitions, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Which weren't the European Cup at the time. Mm. You know, you look at the UEFA Cup, which which you guys have won, the European Cup Winners' Cup, which we've both won. I mean. Are we any less proud looking back on our history of those trophies, or do we look back and go, "We won the European Cup Winners' Cup, or we won the UEFA Cup"? You know, it, just because it wasn't the European Cup, it's still a European trophy. And in twenty, thirty years' time, when we look back on our club's histories, are we going to look back and go, oh, "We finished fourth that season, wasn't that dead good?" And then we we got to the quarterfinals in the in in the, in the Champions League the next season, or we got knocked out in the group stages, but we got 30 million quid for it. It's bollocks. You're going to look back and you're going to go, didn't win anything. I think yeah. the um, I think you've got a new generation of fans. I, I, I read an article about Mike Ashley at Newcastle today, which was basically mm. a defence, exactly, which is basically a defence <laughs> of everything that he's done. And I can't remember the name of the writer, but he, he basically, his article consisted of just a long sequence of numbers, mm. you know, talking about... Um, you know, uh, interest-free loans. Because and, and, well, that's and, why you support a football that's team. That's it, man. Like, I remember getting to the end Absolutely. of it and just thinking, you don't get this. You don't get why it's a problem. You, you're looking at bank balances and saying, well, you know, that's really all the supporters should aspire to. It's just a kind of, it's football by binary code. Yeah. It's, um, and, and it's, it's, it's nonsense. It takes away and it, 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 it kind of preserves the likes of Man United, Chelsea, yeah. um, Liverpool, 
to a degree as well because you, if if your success is measured by a worldwide fan base that buys the shirt or success is measured by turnover then why don't we all go and cheer Tesco's yeah, yeah. No, but know, why not, don't 30,000 of us go and cheer Tesco's in in in, in the aisles and go ah oh, you've 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 taken 100 quid off that woman for a week shopping well in yeah we're going to celebrate stuff like that well a lot of these fans man, it's, it's not being that kind of fan it's not being a fan of a football club it's being a fan of a tv series really like you know you've got your characters <laughs> yeah. you've got your storylines and, and and that's what it is is you, you're watching something on tv and and you know you have all your, your melodrama and you know your Mourinho's and Van Hals and the press conferences. It's like just being really, really into Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's sort of. Bit, sort of I was going to say Game of Thrones are a bit wrestling, isn't it? Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they're called wrestling is now called sports entertainment. Oh, it's yeah, it's really, not allowed yes. to be called a sport because yeah. it's kind of scripted. So. But I was just thinking that it just it like creates this like image of like some weird Orwellian dystopian future where people go to these big echoing empty stadiums just to hear someone read out a kind of turnover sheet. 30,000 people going like mad and cheering hearing, we've turned a profit! Yes! You know, like jumping and hugging and throwing beers in the air. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Oh, I can imagine the head. I imagine the tweets now from Alan Myers, the <laughs> former former head of communications. If he ever can turn a one million pound profit, hashtag limbs. New <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shirt released, record number of sales. Yeah. Hashtag beer everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can hear the fucking giant guy. Yeah, we see your decimals. We see your decimals. <laughs> Uh, okay, no. oh, and it God. really will be it'll get back to the old days where people used to come and wave 20 pound notes at Goodison Park yeah. obviously we're all poor here. <laughs> literally people, fans will go to football grounds and just wave money at each other oh, <laughs> jingling the pockets on the way out <laughs> so I mean like in, in terms of how you are performing this year I mean like it's, it's in, you've, you've picked up a bit now the, the, the latter end of the season but and yeah, now no one else is asked about well season. yeah really well. <laughs> what, what do you think was like kind of the main the main failing if you like of, of the year you've just had fitness probably bullshit <laughs> you're still not a fan balling no, no, me, no yeah, no, not a fucking soul mate. to be fair you've said it from the start yeah, I've said it yeah, from the start yeah. Yeah, he's, he, he wrecks me. I mean, I reckon, as I said before, where he's got no plan B, C, D, or E, he just wades in his, with his phenomenal fucking branch of football and gives it all. Oh, we can attack you, we can attack you. We can't break you down if you put fucking 11 men behind the ball, but we'll still just do something else instead of standing there on the sideline in your blue suit, your brown brogues, you fucking tit. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys something, actually, because I... I... I haven't watched that much of Everton this year, but whenever I've seen you guys at Goodison Park, it's always been weird to note how little atmosphere there's been. Because I associate Goodison Park with being one of the best atmospheres in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of been this weird, awkward malaise at times where, like, I mean, his default is to play attacking, quick-paced football, but there have been occasions where it's got so slow and so ambitious and it's just... You can feel the crowd getting on its on the team and his back. It, yeah. It's just a is that because it's TV. I, I'm not sure if it's ever a true a true reflection, but it, no, it's a true reflection. Sir. But what what happens is um, 
when we were expecting uh, a more exciting season than we got, uh, to yeah. be honest. And uh, judging on last season and the Europa League run that we had, I mean, we didn't expect that at all. I mean, the Kiev game sort of blew us out of water. But um, Evertonians, as a rule, we're going to match expecting something like if we're playing Stoke for fuck's sake, whoever this is, or someone shit like Hull or Wigan or something fucking West like Brown, that. Someone like that. Yeah, you, you'd expect, you're expecting a little bit of attack and verve instead of. Yeah, Arsenal. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but but Sile would probably agree with me. You'd expect a bit of attack and verve. And he said it to away fans at times. But when we get there, you're not singing. Shall we sing a song for you in the shit chat bingo or whatever the fucking singing? And he's turned around and said, but it's only Hull. Do you know what I mean? It's only. Did he say that? Yeah, so I said that to away fans. It's only Hull. Yeah, Haven't you, lads? Yeah. yeah, it's only you. Well, Why the fuck would we be getting excited? But Everton think, have been sure, instead of. Um, I just think that that's quite a brave of... thing to say to some of your, you know, to your. I mean, because someone in off. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go on. Because we have, because we we wanted the attack, and we've been playing rounds at the back. Now we all know Martinez likes to have a little play rounds at the back, and we'll leave that one there. Um, but playing the football out from the back is fine and it's all well and good if you've got a plan B. Now, because we weren't moving forwards and getting to the halfway line, to the invisible wall that we couldn't fucking cross, and then to the invisible final third if we got past that invisible wall and then stopped and then played it backwards, I think we had a point where we booed the team fully. Um, the whole of the glads, because I was in the glads at the time, just started booing because Barkley picked the ball up about... 25 yards out of the uh, the area and passed it back. Yeah. So I think the the Kiev game is a really really good example of what of what what happens. It's 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 almost a microcosm of the season if we finished even stronger than we are. Um, we, we went in time or away, sorry. At home, yeah. away, away is away was just fucking horrible. Well, <laughs> a home. Good team, man. I mean, they're, they're, you know. They they are. I mean, I went. I I. I, when I go to the cup games, I don't sit in my season ticket seat because that's sort of right by the away fans. Um, and I, it's all season tickets around me, so I can't take my bed to my season ticket seat. So we, we sat in the front row of the Gladys Street and it was pissing down with rain. We were piss wet through. The roof doesn't go all the way to the front row. Um, and they scored first. And I gave Anton and Alcaraz down the banks for it, which for your London listeners means I gave him a bollocking. Um and basically just went batshit at him. The whole crowd got on the team's back because we weren't pushing forward. To play. The players were frightened. They weren't taking the risks that they were taking last season. Last season, Ross Barkley would get the ball facing his own goal and he'd turn, drop his shoulder and run. This season, he's not doing that. Oh, he's he's um, picking a simple pass. He's um, gone backwards as a player. Yeah. I, I, I still think it's brilliant. He's wonderfully talented, but he is... Uh... He's, yeah, he's, I don't know what's wrong with it's him. It's a weight of expectation, I think. And the crowd don't help him all the time because the first stray pass, he gets a big groan from the Bullens Road, um, which doesn't help. He's, you know, he's 21, 22. He's not going to be inspired by that. No. But Gareth Barry in midfield as well has gone mm. backwards for me. He, Yeah, exactly. Boo. He came here last season on loan to prove a point and he played like he was proving a point. He got his contract and basically went, well, point proven. I've got more years in the Premier League. Fuck it. And he looks lazy. He looks like he's not arsed. Um, he looks 35. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think those two players... 
those two players have been the big thing. And I think there's a catalyst for each other there. Because Barkley's not taking the ball forward, Barry's having to do a lot more work, which he can't be asked to do. And because he can't be asked to do it, Barkley's having the ball more and getting even more frightened to do things with it. And it's just a, a vicious cycle, really. Yeah. But the Kiev game, we the crowd got on the team's back after about 30 minutes of seeing us get to the halfway line, give the ball away, let their play let their right winger do a few step overs and then get a corner. Mm-hmm. We got on their backs and something changed, whether it was Martinez communicating it to the players that something needed to change or whether it was the players as a collective decided we're going to abandon our game plan. But something changed on half an hour and you can you can see it. If Obviously, your Spurs fans, you're not going to watch the Everton game. No, I watched, I watched that game and I remember, I remember thinking... I know it's going to sound a bit shitty, but I remember thinking. I remember I probably tweeted something quite negative about like fan reaction at the time. But I remember thinking this isn't conducive to well, anything going particularly well for the next hour. No. And then all of a sudden, like you say, it changed, and the, and the crowd responded to it. It was like old Goodison Park from the yeah, TV. Yeah, it was. So. And the the pace picked up. The passes were meaningful. I think Darren Gibson played the pass through for Lukaku or Morales, I think, for the second or third. And it was the most beautiful pass yeah, that you'll was, see uh, in football it, for Morales. Yeah. It was an absolute... It was. It split everyone in half. It it almost nearly took a whole defender and split him in two. It was that good. And that was that's what we've been crying out for. And I think after last season, our expectations have been raised so much after so long of knowing not to bother getting our hopes up that this season's... it's. It's like the opposite of negging a girl. <laughs> do, you know, do you know, lads? This is why I love talking to you two because it's like you talk to Everton fans, and it's just it's you essentially hear exactly the same conversations that Spurs fans have. Yeah. Like we are basically <laughs> in exactly the same position, whereby because I, I remember because I watched the Kiev games as well, and the way they played out, it was very much similar to how we were against Fiorentina. I don't know if you if you'd agree. Yeah, yeah, I did. It it was like that in reverse, Jack. Yeah, yeah, it was the other way around for us. But yeah, absolutely. It was just the same. It was a similar type of stature fixture, a fixture where, to be honest, both of us should have probably won Mm because I think like I think Everton are probably a a slightly better team than Kiev, and I think we're a slightly better team than Fiorentina. Um, But. They are both teams that obviously can beat us and did ultimately. Yeah. And just all the kind of like positives about our sides were on show, but then all the nagging, <laughs> irritating negatives also come out as well. And like you say, it was just a season in a microcosm, right? Mm. And it just seems to be that like we are both stuck in that perpetual state of always kind of getting into these fixtures now, whereby like, we have all this hope and we think like, go on, let's go for it, let's do it. And then it just kind of playing out, like you say, inside, in that predictable fashion, whereby, you know, we're just kind of resigned to it now. And I can remember like, it, it was almost like when we drew Fiorentina, you kind of look at it and you think like, well, you know, it's a, it's a time cost really now because yeah. it's, you don't know which way it's going to go. But I, at the same time, I still, that's kind of, to go back to what we were saying at the start, that's kind of still what I like about the Europa League because I still think you do come into those kind of fixtures whereby, like, I was pissed off that we lost to Fiorentina and I think that on the balance of play, we probably should have won it. And a lot of it was down to, like, mistakes we made. They did play, not to take it away from them, they did play very well, but I think a lot of it was down to mistakes we made that Mm -hmm. meant we went out. 
We didn't put them away when we were in a position to do so. Exactly. We I mean, had them. They, they, were, they were done after half an hour. And if we, exactly. we could have been three or four up and we didn't. And that, that in itself, that's such a... That's, I remember thinking about that game when it, when it was drawn. That's a game we should win, but it's a game that we won't. A tie even. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of... That, that's, that's synonymous with Tottenham football, isn't it, really? Yeah. We've, we've, it's almost like we've, we've reached the glass ceiling, haven't we? And without huge sort of shake Mansoor type money, we're, not, we're going to struggle if we ever get past that as well. Mm. If it's we, almost if we like get with through financial that season, fair play coming in now, it's almost like the drawbridge has been pulled now as well. Yeah, right? it has. Yeah. I, was, I was saying this the other night um, to another, another Everton fan that was out with, and it was, it was basically, uh, you'll still get the shakes of this world investing in football teams, but they have to have a much longer term plan and much longer term ambitions than most of them have. And if you look at if you look at them building f- with a 15, 20 year plan of ploughing money in slowly, building infrastructure for the club rather than players. If you if you build a stadium, if you build the training complex, if you build the youth academy, if you build even if you build the women's side of things, then you can in- you can increase your turnover, which then lets you invest in more playing stuff. It's kind of, it's what City, to to their credit, I mean, yeah. like, it, I think a lot of what they're doing now with that kind of stuff, with the infrastructural changes and things like that, it's, it's all well and good to say, well, look, we're doing all these positive things, but you can't hide away from the fact that they've spent a fuck of a lot of money on the first team as well. Yeah. And I think that's something that, like, they expect people to let them off of the hook about <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and they do try to kind of like mask mask that by saying like, well, but look, we're investing in a you know, like a youth academy and women's team in you know these franchise teams around the world, which is kind of a bit of a dodgy one as well it's a, in itself. It's the same as Chelsea, Jack, because you, 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 I mean, I've made this argument before because I'm an admirer of you know, how cynically Chelsea have managed to get around FFP. <laughs> But, and they, they say, well, you know, we, we sold all these players that got our net spend. It's like, well, yeah, but you bought these players for like twenty five yeah. million pounds a go, which yeah. in itself is a luxury. I mean, I, I, can, I can make a profit on those players if I buy the right ones with that amount of money. But you know, and this is kind of why it's a bit galling, like being being a, a club sort of the size that we are at the moment, is because you know it, everyone's kind of laughing at Spurs, and I can imagine from the outside, you know, it's quite funny seeing us spend twenty six million on someone like Roberto Soldado and him flopping the way he has done, really. <laughs> but at least it wasn't Dejan Lovren. Well, yeah, at least yeah, it wasn't Dejan Lovren. Yeah. Yeah. Always take the positives, boys. Always take the positives. <laughs> but but it's also like you know you look at you look at. Um, at City, for example, they spent however much on players like Rocky Santa Cruz, so on and so forth. But that just gets forgotten about. It gets all all those kind of like millions and millions and millions teams like City and Chelsea have spent and wasted the Shevchenkos, you know, these kind of, the Kesmans, these kind of players. That all gets forgotten about and it's just kind of, ha ha, look at Spurs. They, they spent all this money and they've wasted it. And probably, I, I know we're not going to get any sympathy from you guys but with Liverpool as well because they've they've kind of gone out and spent that 100 mil and it's been painted as this like massive failure on their part however all the millions that have been wasted by City and Chelsea Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. On and so forth. It doesn't ever get painted as a failure. It just gets painted as par for the course. And it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know, people, it's kind of, it's annoying. But we're it's still... because they've got that amount of money. Yeah. Though. It's like pocket change to them. It's like you spending 20 quid on something and me spending a fiver on it, and it looks like I've got the better deal. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and it's, that's the way they work it. It's fucking stupid. I mean, we, I was having a conversation with a copite, a match-going copite, actually, from Liverpool, which is fucking unusual. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, Where did you I find him? Sorry? Where did you uh, find him? He was in... He, he was in... Um, where to work? Was it Stephen Gerrard? <laughs> like... <laughs> fucking hell, man. He's not a copite. He's sports Everton. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, no, Gerard God rest have... his soul. By the way, we should oh, all yeah. say we should. Have, we, yeah. we are going to have a yeah. minute silence at the start of the pod for Stephen no, Gerrard. What? I forgot well. to mention about his death at the start as yeah. well. <laughs> well, he, he hasn't gone yet, has he? So he's he's getting on the plane to Switzerland after the the last game of the season at Stoke, isn't he? He goes off to that clinic and and gets himself put down. <laughs> Digitalis, <laughs> euthanized. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, mate, the fucking wank fest that went on. To be honest, to the point of me, even me, our fella, phoned me because me our fella lives in Bradford. So he, he was just getting bit of the news. And he said, what's going on with Gerard? I said, he's only moving to America. I don't worry about it. And I love the fact that it, the story has been completely and utterly changed from the fact that Stephen Gerrard felt he wasn't being offered enough money by Liverpool because he wanted £150,000 a week to play yeah. about four games a season and so has gone to America where he'll get that money. It's entirely financially based, this move. Yeah. And it, you know, Brendan Rodgers has said he'd sign him on a new contract, but not a huge one. And Gerard's turned it down, and yet somehow it's turned into this hero worship, fucking one dream come true. And it gets right. back to the narrative that Sky have tried to paint out. They were desperate for him to score against Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. They were fuming when Palace scored. When Palace got that penalty, I how dare they? Know. How mean spirited of them? To approach a contest <laughs> and like actually want to play and like how to how to, to actually want to win a game of football. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, I was wondering if that was like a Merseyside thing. I know not so much with you guys, but I watched that and I just thought I've been exposed to a lot of the the hyperbole around football and a lot of this bollocks. But it was just it was nauseating. It was I mean, fucking it was, disgusting. It was embarrassing. It was just well, I, mate. I, right. Imagine what you see in Seb, Right. Then yeah. times it by about ten. 
Yeah. No, yeah. For imagine, imagine what you saw and then imagine he was an Arsenal player. Well, I mean, I was going to say, to be fair, like, we, we there was a bit of this when Thierry Henry came back, when he had that little loan spell mm. with Arsenal and scored yeah, on yeah. his, like, second debut. Yeah, um, against Leeds. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, you know, he's still got it. And I can remember, like, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, everyone should celebrate this, even Spurs fans. It's like, why? That's what I'm saying. that. Yeah. That's like that's like Liverpool playing Everton that game where they give him a Gaza Wari. Would we fucking give him a Gaza Wari? Yeah. Do you no, imagine no. Goodison Park if we to give him a Gaza Wari? I think again, what, it was like 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 you said in your article again, so sorry to, to quote you again, we're going all a bit meta on this podcast. But <laughs> it's you know, it's like it, the moment when he went out like on a human level, when he went out to the pitch and everyone was singing his name and he oh, was there yeah. with his kids, oh. it was nice. On a human level it's nice. But all this kind of this other crap of like fan rivalry needs to go out the window for this, so on and so Bullshit. forth. No, it doesn't. It's a game. Bullshit. We support our teams. We don't support Steven Gerrard. Like yeah. you can you, you can look at him as as a guy and be like, yeah, well done. Yeah, he he's he's played football well. He's made a career out of it. Nicely done to him. But this whole maudlin, let's all have a cry over it. Let's all celebrate the life and times of Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. Fuck off, man. Well, I'll be on. honest, Jack. I can't wait until next year when Ebert and Osman get their sends off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait until next year when he plays for Man City. Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. Can't play Gerrard and Lampard on the same side, though. Uh, <laughs> Pellegrini will do it. What, yeah. One thing I want to ask you, that's probably quite a relevant one, like, while we're talking about this, because... At the moment, there's a lot of talk around Aaron Lennon and Kevin Morales. At the, um, I mean, just how have you felt about Aaron Lennon in his time? Because he's obviously one of those players that, like, when he was on the books at Spurs, so many Spurs fans were either indifferent about him. He, people were never really against Aaron Lennon, but I think they always realised he was fairly limited. Um, but they were quite indifferent about him, and it was the past few years he's kind of taking his foot off the gas a bit at Spurs. So people sort of thought, move to Everton, that's probably good. You know, it's a kind of, it's a sideways step, but he's probably going to have a, like a, a, a kick up the arse and you can start to see the the good parts of Aaron Lennon come out again because he's kind of stagnated at Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, do you are you guys like particularly kind of astounded by him or does he just seem like a bit of a kind of like a filler in your team, would you say? Astounded is a strong word, I, I yeah, would say, yeah. but you know, you know he's he shown he's shown a bit of promise. He's, he's shown me that he can play still, and his second back was uh, unexpected. His defensive qualities have been on show more than his attacking yeah, qualities, he's I'd a say. Defensive player, um, but you know what, right? He was shutting that we need is injecting into the side. Yeah, pace, directability. Yeah. All right, if if you were to get like say a little hypothetical, if you were to say either you you could have Lennon back permanently, or you could do a deal for Delafeo again, what do you go for? I'd take Lennon because I don't like Delafeo. Really? How come? Because uh, he runs into walls and blinds alleys, and I just, no, I don't like him. Okay. Interesting. See, right. I, I like Delafeo because he runs into those blind alleys. <laughs> but, See, I really like Delafeo from the outside as well. But every every once in a while, Delafeo would do oh, something so like completely and utterly amazing <laughs> that 
he'd do something. Comp- so he would be just so completely and utterly amazing that I mean, the goal against Arsenal, where I've never seen a moving ball hit like that before, and fly in the way it flew oh, in. God, yeah. Um, yeah, that he, was he'll drag. he'll do some. So he'll drag the ball around, and you're like, did you I'm, even touch? I'm how t- did you move that ball? Just an approach with him, say. Trying to just an approach with yeah, him, calling well, him shit and so he's proved me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could try the, <laughs> the, the Stephen Naismith approach is, is the more recent one of that, isn't it? Every time yeah. he comes on, he shits him, scores. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I'd want them both. Yeah. Can't, can't we have them know. both? Just both of them in the team would be, yeah. Can we have both? Who's what? Morales? You, you, you can have Lennon. I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. See, I mean, because yeah. the thing I always think is like, I, I mean, I I like Kim Morellis. I think he's a I think he's a decent player, but at the same time, it's like he's not really. I mean, I I look at kind of you guys and I look at us, and I think we're very similar sized clubs as we've off, as you know we've established clearly. And like our, our when you look at our kind of like our teams, our squads overall, they're fairly evenly matched. And I just kind of look at it as if either one of us is trying to push on and kind of knock it up a level, signing players from one another is kind of a bit, it's a bit counterproductive. And I, I see someone like Kevin Morales, it's like, <laughs> he's, he's a good player. He's decent. Like, he's very, very good. But is he, is he someone that's going to kick Spurs on, really? I, I, I just, I can't see it. In the same way that I see with you guys signing Lennon, he'll probably end up doing exactly what he's done for Spurs, which is to maintain parity as, as where we are now. Um yeah. Yeah, so I, do I think, think Morales the, the is thing a about player, Lennon, but he's, I think he's I think so as well. But I think with Morales, you've got to take the, into the account the fact that he's never he's he's never lived in London. He's never lived in London. If you signed him, he would move to London, and he would just go out on the pitch. Is he that kind of guy? He's injury prone. Well, he's injury prone as well. Um, oh, he'll be, he'll be well at home at Spurs. All footballers are a bit like that, apart from apparently David Luiz, who I've just seen on Twitter has started trending. Can you guess why David Luiz has started trending on Twitter without looking? This is about this is something about he he, he was baptized in um, in uh, someone's simple. No, David Luiz has revealed that he's a virgin. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's obviously had a part in that, but um, that's, that's a surprise. Someone's Maybe, tweeted, no, David Luiz is a virgin. Something I've got in common with him then, really, but, you know. Fucking hell. That explains why John well. Terry didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask you Spurs, lads. I was reading a thing about uh, Harry Kane earlier today that Pochettino was given an ultimatum that uh, if he plays for the under-21s uh, in the European Championship next year, he may not start the season. Really? I haven't seen what that. What the fuck's no, that about? Going the when I, I went to go. Uh, I, that's... Yeah, it was I on there. I, 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 I saw that too, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a bit it's, crazy. It's a, it's a bit of a crazy point. story. It was attached to a, a story about your new ground that you're getting. I mean, it's. It, I think like earlier on in the year, I was a big, big advocate for him playing in the under twenty ones, and I'm not against the idea of him playing in the under twenty ones now. But I think his worth to our team has changed immeasurably over the course of the season. Um, yeah. 
in the respect that, you know, it's like since he's made his senior debut, I think it's almost like, well, he's kind of hit the under 21s on the head then. If, I, I, and I know this is kind of one of the, one of the big failings of international football in, in England. I think it's one of the big problems that we have. I, I can't remember if it actually again, if it was you or Raj that wrote about this, Seb, but saying how we kind of, we completely devalue the under 21 team, how it's, you know, we we pull out all of our young best players, Wilshire, Sterling, so on and so forth, and they just bypass the under twenty one experience. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, now when when you look at someone like Harry Kane, it's like, well, he's not just kind of one of our young players. Like he's he's our main striker now. He's our he's probably one of the talismans of our team. Um, and so, yeah. on a selfish level, do I want him coming back to Spurs next season after being? playing a load more games? Probably not. But at the same time, what he's got going for him is that he hasn't played a whole season with Spurs. So, you know, he's only really yeah. been week in, week out since November. So, I mean, I'm not against him playing for the under 21s I'm, I'm happy for him to but get more experience. The, the thing we need to look at is, and Everton are quite a good example of this, from players having a really busy tournament in the summer, is Kevin Morales and Romelu Lukaku came back from the World Cup, and Roberto Martinez didn't start them training until the week of the first game in the Premier League. And basically, they weren't fit for probably three months. They weren't match fit. So I think if players are going away and having those kinds of tournaments and not getting up to match fitness when they come back from their rest, then it's detrimental to the club. And if if Kane's going to be playing in the first team, then the under-21s can fuck off. Is what my attitude would be. Mm-hmm. My, that's my attitude with Ross Barkley and John Stones as well. These these players are playing at the highest level in the Premier League. Yeah. The the under twenty ones for England can do one. Whether they're trying to build a squad for the future or not, if they're trying to build a squad for the future, do it in the in the the senior team for England. Play yeah. the likes yeah. of Kane, Barkley, Stones, Townsend, uh, Mason. You know, play them all together. Fuck the likes of Milner, Henderson, um, to a certain degree, Wayne Rooney. Fuck them off. Yeah. yeah. Give yeah. Just play the kids. Do what Germany did, Jürgen Klinsmann in Germany with his team. He basically said, we're not going to win this tournament, but we're going to win the next one and the one after that and yeah. the one after that with yeah. this team. Yeah. We never do that, though. People have been saying that for years, that. haven't they, with, yeah. with the England team. Right? And, like with this last World Cup, I think that was one of the ones that was really kind of disappointing, the way this World Cup panned out. When you saw again lots of the old guard get called up to the World Cup squad. You just thought, come on. Like, we're not we're not going to win yeah. it either way. But like you are saying, so just put put some stock into, like, some more of these young players and give them more of a chance. Mm. But we still just... For me, that's why Redknapp never got the England job. That and he's... Because I think he would have done that. Awful. Well, he has no faith in... He, he has no interest in growing teams. Ben he just Tusser. wants, he just wants <laughs> to off the peg players and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the fact that Jack was just calling him a melted candle face fucking saucer in the middle of every word then. <laughs> well, he is, isn't he? Come on. One of my favourite ones is when people say he's like a pumpkin a week after Halloween. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what he looks like. <laughs> he's, got a fa- he's got a face like a bag of sweaty bollocks. <laughs> Oh, dear God. To be fair, there is an ugly manager in the league. Brendan Rodgers? Go on. Sam Allardyce? Come on. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 If I wasn't English, <laughs> Jesus. Sam Allardyce played the English race card. Come on. Like, seriously. Um, that was uh, that was quite embarrassing. But um all right, so lads, like what what are you what are you saying for this game? I mean, like are you do you think either way it doesn't really matter for either of us now, does it? But it'd be I think it's your last home game of the season, so there's probably that going for going for the side, right? I mean, do you see yourselves coming out winning it, beating us? No. No. Yeah. I can see it being a very, very boring game. Um, and it's yeah, going to be one of those end of season fucking friendlies, isn't it? Yeah, there might be one of those like... From an Evertonian point of view. It's one of those games where you're hoping it's, for one of those moments where the ball goes off to the sideline and... Pochettino does a few kicky uppies and passes it to Martinez and the crowd have a little cheer and then they pick it up on match of the day. That's the kind of highlight of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're wearing their new home kit for it, so that's going to be exciting. Um, And we're going to do the Lapis Honor afterwards as well. (laughs) Uh, uh, I've I've said it for the last few games, it's just going to be shit. (laughs) And it's going to be a chore. It's going to be... It's like... Do you know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like the last episode of Lost. Yeah. It's going to be forget for fuck's sake. Well, you're, just going to, you're just going to look at it at the end and go, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be really disappointing. And I, think, I need to, can we, uh, I really need to stop thinking about the football match. I'm meeting Roberto Martinez on Friday um, with other fan groups as well. And, I really need to be positive when I'm You're talking. Throw to him. a shoe at him, sorry. Oh. <laughs> He'll nick them. He hasn't got his brown shoes anymore. Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've got to be nice. Visual. I've got to be positive. <laughs> Take Bolly along be with you. As well. I'm not allowed. I really couldn't do I'm that. I'm not allowed to go with him, Jack. Bolly's banned from meeting Martinus. Yeah, I genuinely. <laughs> is it an actual like? Really is it a restraining order only, type? Only, only imposed only by, by uh, NS. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Would you do yeah. not think you'd be able when to contain really yourself shit, at all, Borley? No. Johnny, say again. I was going to say, do you not do you not think you'd be able to contain yourself, mate? Like genuinely, if you're in uh, in like a press conferencey type situation. No, I'll like be that. honest. I go in on, on a professional level for the site, obviously, but. Um, after after it would be a different matter. <laughs> I'd give him a very special hug. I kind of <laughs> it would be it would be hard, wouldn't it, Seb? Like if you it, it, way back to a few months ago, being in that sort of situation with a Tim Sherwood, actually having to maintain a bit of professional poise, it would have been a it would have been a tough one. I no, think. I wouldn't be able to do. I, I my hatred of him was so visceral that it just I couldn't have done it. Just loathe the man. <laughs> um, right, lads. Well, let me. I'll push you for a, a, a score prediction. Si. <laughs> so, I think Sai's just fell down the toilet. <laughs> um, what has he done? This whole thing from the toilet. It's a big shit. Yeah. 
This is only part of the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, um, I'm gonna go. I'm um, gonna go with a very, very boring nil-nil. Okay. Yeah, and I. I think we'll both score just out of pity for each other. Um, <laughs> two one, two one, the Spurs. All right, nice one. I'll, I'll take that, wouldn't you, Seb? Oh yeah, mate. I'll go nil nil, but yeah, okay. Nice one. For right, God's sake, two one to Spurs. We don't want to beat us. <laughs> well, you've got to put a bet on it now, though. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking... you, otherwise, you're going to miss out, mate. So, no, you see, I'm thinking if I bet against oh. us, we'll win. Yeah, yeah, fair play. None of this, none of this reverse psychology bollocks, mate. That's not what we're going for here, you know. True, we only we only talk about you know fact on this podcast, mate. Yeah? No, no agenda. Oh, we're not Rafa Benitez, are you? Yeah. Fucking hell. Rafa, but they want him back, don't they? They want him back. They, uh, oh, mate, yeah, because they're they, fucking idiots. They've charted different... two planes now, haven't they? There was a Rogers out, and then there was a in Brendan yeah. we trust plane. Fuck uh, anyone who does you know that, that needs a banning order, mate. That's terrible. What a, you know that Rogers what a gang plane. of fucking knobs. Yeah. You know that Rogers out playing, right, boys? Because it was flying over Anfield. I don't live too far from the ground. Like, I went to shop with me, um, with me son's best mate. Only to go and get a drink. And, um, you could see the plane flying over just before he started showing it. And I, I, I what, say again? I was just laughing, mate. Yeah, so I says to Jake, what the fuck's that? And he goes, that's the plane. And I went, what, is that got Rodgers out? What the fucking gang of fucking wankers? Just as some fella, just as some fella down a pub in his full Liverpool regalia. Had a fucking hat and a scarf on him and a big fucking coat with all his badges on, full of fucking Liverpool stuff. And about look at that, mate. That's your fans, you fucking knobhead. <laughs> I just, oh, paying, paying money for a plane to fly a message. Just send an angry tweet. If you've got to do something, just send an angry tweet. Like flying. That's like that's the ground. That, that's a real world tweet. That the flying a plane bollocks. That's what it is. <laughs> if that's the real world First world problems. problems can't afford the petrol for the plane. To be honest, he just had probably a couple of fans on it that were coming in from Norway and we're looking for somewhere to fucking land. <laughs> um, all right, chaps, it's been it's been a pleasure as always. Um, I loved it, boys. And Love we will that. no doubt speak to you next season again. Ah, <laughs> oh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Simon Borley. Um they're good lads, aren't they? Aren't they, so We've got to love them. We do love them. Yeah, we do love them. Um, so, hi, Seb's mum as well, if you've skipped past to, to this point. Um, why why, why, do you, why, would you not like the uh, the dulcet tones of the Evertonian, Seb, out of interest? No, it, it, it's, we did this the other time. I um, When I first, before I'd really joined the pod, I think I um, I did the Everton segment as one of my first I, th- um, I think that might have been you breaking your rule the roost cherry, actually. No, that was it's quite um, a crass expression. I don't really like that. So, that was uh, my rule the roost cherry was I just did a um, I didn't do the guest bit. I, I was just on with Raj, and then the next week I, I was on with you. Arsenal, I, wasn't it? Yeah, and then um, and then I think maybe the third time or fourth time we did. Um, 
did Simon Borley. And I just, I didn't tell my mum that I recorded it. I just thought <laughs> there'll be language there that she doesn't know and then I'll have to explain and I don't want to do that. Questionable language. Questionable um, language and, yeah. Um, no one wins from that, basically, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we won't, we, let's not, football's done. No one cares about football. Anyone that's listening now is a, you know, just wants to hear us talk self-indulgently for, for a few more minutes. Um, yeah. We haven't. We've kind of we've neglected the the TV film type side of things. And you, you actually mentioned at the start of the pod, you know, you you, you misdemeanor with the three D glasses. <laughs> so I thought it'd be quite a good good chance to actually ask you what you thought about the Mad Max film. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I um, we we talked off air about some of the criticism it's got about it being kind of superficial, but. I think there's a time and a place for, for superficial. I, I just thought, I want to go to the cinema. I've got a night to kill, and I just I don't want to use my brain in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've obviously seen the original Mad Maxes, and um, and I was just curious as to what what a kind of 2015 update would look like. And it was just it was just a lot of fun. It was it's it's um it looks beautiful, especially in 3D. Um, and if you see it, I suggest doing that. But I um. I don't know. It's engage. It is just an action film, basically, but it's still engaging. Um, it doesn't try and be too clever. One of the worst things I think it could have done was try to to move away from what the originals were, because it's not those films aren't. It's not an underlying message kind of film. Um, it's a sort of yeah. It's a removed reality, and it's just fun, but it's gripping. It's not. It's not mindless. Um, it's well made, it's well acted. I um, yeah, I watch pretty much anything with Tom Hardy in it. I think he's a very engaging actor. Um, and we're, I'm trying, I'm trying carefully not to. I'm not, there's not that much of a plot, but I'm trying carefully not to give away anything. But it's um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, you you saw it the night before. Yeah, I loved it, mate. I thought yeah. it was it's like you say, it's not one that the world be kind of on both sides. You know, there's going to be a lot of hyperbole built up of like people saying like oh it's exceptional it's this it showcases a there's a deep lying this there's a there is really it's 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 a it's a big budget summer action blockbuster right and it's but like you're saying it's great fun but i just i love the i I love the fact that it's kind of it's just it's batshit crazy it's it's just mental throughout it really is um, it's got that whole kind of like Terry Gilliam kind of yeah. 12 Monkeys, but not big. Because that, that's the problem, right? Because you have films like The 12 Monkeys. It's got a bit of a Roberto um, Rodriguez thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Because like you were saying, you know, you have those kind of crazy films that try to be too clever. And that's kind of what the trap a lot of like, I do love Terry Gilliam, um, especially like his kind of like animations, if that wasn't abundantly clear from the crap I churn out. But like... It, it, he sometimes does try to be a bit too clever. You know, he has that idiosyncratic approach to a lot of his work, but still there's that really deeply thought out kind of underlying message and it all gets a bit convoluted and a bit noisy. But with Mad Max, it's just kind of like, it's a bit of a, I would say balls out film, but um, on that topic, it's actually, I don't know if you've seen, angered a lot of the meninist community. Oh, did you see that? Oh my God. Yeah. I just, I, 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 oh, that, the, um, what was it on? Was it, uh, 
Hollywood. Uh, who, who wrote that? That sort of that infamous. Aaron Cleary, isn't it? I think. Oh my god, he he just needs to be. I mean, fucking halfwit. Like I just, I couldn't believe it. Was actually in not that it was intended to be, but it was. It's extremely funny to read that if you haven't already. Um, it it must, I can't believe there's anybody who hasn't read it already. But it, it's um, it's hysterical that someone can think like that. I'm just trying to find like I've got the actual article here. I'm just trying to find like a decent oh, snippet of it. But when I look through it all, I'm just like. Really, this this isn't satire. Like this is, yep, this is a guy that's. Uh, wow. Okay, here we go. The truth is, I'm angry about the extent, extent <laughs> plural. Hollywood and the director of Fury Road went to trick me and other men into seeing this movie. Everything visually, all in caps, looks amazing. It looks like that action guy flick we've desperately been waiting for where it is one man with principles standing against many with none. But let us be clear, this is the vehicle by which they are guaranteed to force a lecture on feminism down your throat. This is the Trojan horse feminists and Hollywood lefties will use to vainly insist on the trope women are equal to men in all things, including physique, strength and logic. And it is the subterfuge they will use to blur the lines between masculinity and femininity, further ruining women for men and men for women. Christ, what a penis! Someone, someone actually watched that film and took that from that. So uh... I just, I, I, because I, I, I'd read that before I saw it, obviously, and so I, I was thinking. Part of me was just curious as to how the guy got to that place where he could write something like that. So I was sort of. I, I, you by, know, by being dumped by someone, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or having a mother who hated him. Yeah, something. I, I just, yeah, screams underlying issues, doesn't it? But it, I, brothers, I don't. I just don't. Having a becoming from a family of all boys, maybe. Sorry, yeah, guys. maybe. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I um, I, I thought all the characters are great. I um, there's one thing you, you've seen this, so you know, but didn't um, at various points like. One thing I say about Tom Hardy is that his accent is always all over the place. Have you and seen very... Rock? No. Good God! Wait until you see. If you think Tom Hardy and accents is something is that you'll struggle with, watch the film. Lock. It's actually a great film. Lock is a great film. You should watch it. Um, but yeah. Oh well, I was convinced he did Bane a couple of times in. in that. <laughs> yeah. Because what's the? You're just um... trying to get me to do it, aren't you? Sir? No, I, well, I know your no, game. No, I love, I love, I love you, yeah. dude. You know this. Um, it's a lovely impression, but um, yeah. He, he goes, um, he, he goes into Bane a couple of times, and what's the film where he and um, it's about prohibition, and him and um, Shia LaBeouf. Are make... Oh, um, yeah, I know that would where it's like about the three brothers. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Um, well, the, the accent he has in that, I can't remember what it's called, but um. It's not called like Outlaws or Renegades or something. Something is it? like that. Um, it has, yeah, it's got Guy Pearce in it being pretty demonic. Yeah, uh, it's good fun film that as well. Though, yeah, I thought. it's a good hour and a half. Um, but he he does he does uh, his character in that's I think it's called Forest and he does like he goes between Bane, Forest, and this new third act, which I haven't heard, and it's kind of I don't know. I, I find him very interesting as an actor, but like, it's just—it's quite weird. Like that, his range of voices is is quite odd. I love him as Brunson. Like, I yeah, think he's, yeah, he's great. I think he's, I think he's a really talented guy. Um, 
but he um and he's he's actually very convincing as the Max character. He seems like a good bloke as well. He seems like a fairly down to earth kind of no nonsense kind of guy as well, but not no nonsense in the whole kind of you know misogynistic old fashioned way. Just more in the way that like I, I I don't know if you've ever seen like previously like when he first kind of hit the big time. I think with like I'm trying to think of like what his kind of breakthrough Lair, movie Lair, was. He was um. I think it was one of the chemists in Lair Cake. Right he, at the he was a bit like one of his first like big... Uh, Inception, I think that was like one yeah, of his first yeah, big... Yeah. And people were kind of like, there was this whole like, you know, oh, there's a Hollywood whisper that apparently Tom Hardy's gay, he's maybe gay, oh, I don't know, should we ask? And I think like it took like one US journalist to be like, so how do you react to the rumours that you're gay? He's like... I'm not gay. I'm married to a woman. When I was growing up, I shagged a couple of boys because I just thought I would. That's it. There's your story. It's kind of like it's such an unfair question to ask someone because, yeah. like, there's no, there's no, like, he, he's clearly handled. I haven't actually heard that, but he, um, he's handled that really well. But either someone like denies it so heavily that they sound like a homophobe, yeah, or you know they're put in a position where like people have doubts about something which is entirely peripheral to their career well he was ultimately just like just grow up a bit about it i thought i'd give it a go so i did he was like i'm an actor you find so many actors in the same position as me it's kind of the environment that we're in and whatever i I just did it because i thought i would and i'm obviously not gay now i haven't got anything to hide because i'm married with kids so next question you know and it's (laughs) you just kind of thought yeah respect fair play mate you know yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm of the belief that, like, as with actors or athletes or whatever, you know, someone's, um, someone's profession is really the only thing that matters within yeah. reason. I mean, you, you don't want someone, you know, breaking the law off the pitch or the screen, but you know, some, what someone's private life is off limits. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit weird, Fair but it's thing, kind of, it's like that whole that I don't know if you saw that excruciating like Christian Guru Murphy interview of Robert Downey Jr. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. When did he become that guy, Christian Guru Murphy? Because I, I often like, I, I, I still I, associate him with Newsround. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I still can't take him seriously because he's still that guy to me because that's how old I am. I, you know, yeah, and just I, him being like kind of like an actual decent kind of journal, a bit of integrity and stuff, but like. In that, you just kind of thought, oh, come on, man. Come on, Christian. Like, really? Yeah, he's just a shit Jon Snow, isn't he? Yeah. It's... I mean, because it's just like, it, I, I, I see it as kind of attention-seeking. Like, you want to be that guy. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you wanted to be that guy who became notorious for provoking that reaction in, mm, yeah. in this case, Robert Downey. I think, didn't he, I think he said something off camera as well, which was quite telling in that, well, that'll get us a few views on YouTube and you're like, ah, oh, the motivation becomes clear. It. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. You're just a visual see. Adrian Durham. Yeah, yeah okay. nice one, mate. Well, yeah. well done. Good for you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great film. I, I, um, I loved it. I, and I'm not, I'm not a kind of a frequent cinema goer, but I am, um, I don't know, it's just, it's, if, if, if you're going to be the kind of person that is going... Like not every film can be Philadelphia, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Not everything has to be that profound and that moving, and and you just it's all right for things just to be fun sometimes. What have you got against Philadelphia, you homophobe? No, well I like uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I find it like Wait, I'm a... no, 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 no. <laughs> just like, no, no. Let me just make it clear. Right, well, this is yeah. the world we live in. Now, yeah. no chance. So, um, no, uh, Philadelphia is like, it's hard to watch. It's, it's so sad. It's but... Miserable. 
It is fucking miserable, but it's um, it's a brilliant bit of, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just having a look through our questions. Is there this any... might be the most diverse podcast we've ever done. It is, but it's probably never... one of the least football podcasts. Where Raj is going to be cross, but I don't care. Raj talks about rugby, but you're also to blame for that. You encourage him, Seb. So I do, I do, you know. I do. I um. Do you want I, to do a it, Super League update quickly? No, also? but I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have another moan, which I actually I think this should be a weekly segment. Oh, right, I um, basically Bartha Bartha qualified to play in the um. Premiership semi-finals this Saturday, and like it's quite a small town, and rugby club is kind of central to everything. So um, tickets went on sale last week for, um, for for the game. It's all ticket. So went down to the local ticket office, which is it's not like a, a football ticket office, which is massive and it has dozens and dozens of people working on the phones and the website. And I I woke up in the morning that they went on sale. Website crashed. Phones weren't working. So the entire town basically descended on the ticket office. All the fair weathers. Yeah, no, well, you know, even, even um, I'm actually a season ticket holder, but they don't count for this game. You've got to go and buy a ticket. Yeah, I know. Um, and um, I, I've obviously, you know, in the past kind of um, spent time king for football tickets, and that's kind of a quite a jovial atmosphere sometimes. But here, like, people in Bath get so bent out of shape about so little, such tiny things. So... <laughs> Everything was fine until one guy brought his um, his bike into the into the queue, um, which oh, was fine outside. But once we got inside, and he started wheeling it in with a ticket office, which at most must hold about twenty five people in kind of cramped conditions. It just kicked off, like in a sort of very middle class bath, you know, sneery, passive aggressive way. But it was just <laughs> uh, it was this poor bastard. It just I mean, he had probably a three grand bike, and he obviously didn't want to. You know, tired up outside, but it was um, yeah, got, got nasty again though in a sort of bluster way rather than an actual violent way. Yeah, yeah. Was, was... A little, little local anecdote. But we do we do have some questions. Scowls though. were exchanged, and you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I might write letters to my local MP about. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, some people went home and called their elderly or younger relatives to complain very firmly about the man in the ticket office. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we spoke bought... about it on a podcast. So yeah, yeah. news spreading. So maybe maybe this will go viral. You know, it know. could do. Probably. Right. Well, well, we do have some football questions. Um, so I'm going to put this first one to you, Jack. Oh, good uh, God! Do, we, do you do? Do I have to do some football talking? Yeah, but just make it up, mate. I mean, Raj and I always do. So. I know that's what I was going to say. That's the big illusion, isn't it? That's the yeah, behind the curtain that knowledge. You know, like, that's like with most things in life, though, isn't it? Which is the you know that's what scares me sometimes when I think about like getting on a plane or things like that. It's just like most of the time in my job, I just kind of act like I know what I'm doing and I wing it. And I think like people flying planes, so on and so forth. Sorry, this probably sounds a bit sensitive after the German wings thing, but I, I mean it more in a in a sense, people operating every machinery in general, should I say. Um, That's not a blagger industry, really, is it? No, let's just go to the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Jorigano is at, at Langley, spelt weirdly, with two A's, um, says, is Chadley good enough for a top four side? And when well, he's kind of cheated here, he's got two questions. Where is the best place to nurture Dyer, given that Wimmer comes in? Kevin Wimmer, or Vimmer, I don't know. He's sort of Bavarian. Um, 
I was start with Chadley then. What do you reckon? I'd say he's he's probably not a guaranteed starter for a top four side, but I definitely say he's he's good enough to be a squad member for a top four side. He's, yeah, useful, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. You know, he's 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 kind of got a, I would say an almost indefinable talent in the respect that he doesn't really look like a natural winger. We said before, like he doesn't really have the pace to kind of be an out and out winger, but he. I don't know. Do you, I couldn't really see him playing as a number ten, though. I couldn't see him playing behind a striker. I think he'd almost be a bit wasted there. I don't think his kind of like his 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 back to goal kind of ability is often often no, that I strong. I think he, he kind of he operates well on the wing because he's got that kind of space to move into and kind of cut inside. I think he he is a player that operates very well cutting inside and unleashing shots. His finishing is brilliant. Like he is an absolutely. I think he's a fantastic finisher, and that leads a lot of people to say there's that you know that temptation to play him up front. But again, I think in that kind of that structured a position, he again would probably flounder. Um, but in short, yeah, I think he's good enough for a top four side, not to be a starter, but you know, he's he's as good as a lot of players that Chelsea or Arsenal bring off the bench, really. Yeah, I agree with that. Um... And what he about Dyer? Like 11, 11 Premier League goals as yeah, well. Yeah, you can't not be that. sniffed at, you know? No, exactly. And he's been very useful. He, he's kind of mastered the play shit but score thing this yeah. season. Um, I mean, he has had good games, but he never seems to score when he has good games. He just he scores unlikely goals at weird times. Um, Chadley's another player who I, did, again, one of these admitting that I was wrong, I was like, donkey, he's shit. I don't know why we bothered. This guy's just a filler signing. Like He, he didn't really set the Eredivisie light. He's, you know, he, he looks kind of like, from what I'd seen from like uh, a couple of kind of people on the internet when around the time we did sign him was just like 20 aren't going to really cry themselves to sleep at losing Chadley. He's a kind of six out of 10 kind of player, you know? Um, but I think he's kicked on. I think he's looked decent. Um, with, with Dyer, so where is the best place to nurture Dyer when... Well, I mean, we don't, don't, we don't, we don't know he's know definitely that, coming in, do we? Yeah, this is a rumour that turned up in about February um, and there was this lot of chat about that deal being done in advance of the summer and then it's gone very, very quiet. And I think you, you and Raj spoke about it before, that it's almost like it's agent chat really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think so. I, look, I, I, I know what will happen is it, people, I've never seen him play. Uh, what people will do is they'll go on to who scored look at his stats and look at his attributes and then concoct like 400 words of bollocks about how good he might be. Um, so, I don't know, if you want to ask one of those people, Drogano, go yeah. ahead. But I've got no idea. It's, Dyer, I don't know. I think you said you said centre-back last time, didn't you, Jack? Yeah, yeah I think, like, how can you really... I don't see how you can compare someone that we haven't actually signed yet to a player that's actually played half a Premier League season and looked pretty decent, looked pretty promising. To me, it's like, you know, Dyer's probably ahead of him if they're at a similar age and they're at a similar stature. Um, and you look to kind of rotate the two between whatever. I mean, you want to settle back four, but I mean, in terms of rotate, you you bring someone like Vimmer into cup games. So like your League Cup and your Europa League and that that seems to be the way Pochettino operates, really, isn't it? I think he, yeah, like we yeah. said before, he's got his meritocracy. He's not going to bring in a new signing and just chuck them straight in and drop someone like Dyer, who's proved that he warrants a place in the side. Um, 
So I guess that's kind of what we'd look at. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, okay, um, Gamma Jack uh, at Gamma Jack eighty four. Sounds of it is also in the post thirty club. Um, <laughs> asks apart from the other twenty ones, is there any football worth watching over the summer? I'd say the Women's World Cup. Genuinely, I would. Like, yeah, I, I would, yeah, love the Women's World Cup. Yeah, um, I, I am. Um, the, the bone of contention I have with the way people react to the Women's World Cup is, is, is they, always, they always compare women's football to men's football. Whereas I think probably the way to look at it is as almost a separate sport. Cause it's built on slightly different principles. And it's actually, like, if you're one of the people that just can't accept that women play sport, then don't bother because you'll just be a pain and you'll just moan and, and you'll just make a twat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you're one of those people, then I don't know, just I, I spend your summer like drinking Gans Lager in the park by yourself, I, I think, maybe. But, um, <laughs> Women's World Cup's great. Copper America as well. If you, um, if you can stay up, that's always, that's always a lot of fun. But I don't know of anything else this summer. Um, Under-21s. Under-21s would be great, obviously. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But it, it, yeah, oh, I don't know what... Sorry, you said apart from the Under-21s. Yeah, I mean, there's no... There's no... Um, there's no World Cup or European Championship, but you're not going to starve between now and preseason. So, um, okay, um, Aslak, and Aslak, I'm really sorry I can't pronounce your second name. Uh, it's got an H and a J next to each other, and I don't, yeah, I'll butcher it if I try it. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, he asks, um, your wanted brackets realistic starting 11 come August. Go back to front, Jack. Jesus. Um, yeah. He went deep. That's a really tough one because I don't really know what we say is realistic for Spurs at the moment. But if I'm to try and put something of a handle in it, obviously Lloris in goal. I think, I don't know if we can call that realistic or not, but Lloris. It's got to be Carl Walker still at right back for me. Just Uh, lost the American audience there for not saying yeah, Lennon. True. Um... Dyer and Vertonghen, mm. centre-backs. Uh, Danny Rose at left-back. and Danny Rose has earned his place this year. Um, oh, now, this is, where it, this is where it gets... I don't know if I can call it realistic. Well, I think it is realistic, but I think it's unlikely. Bentaleb and Milner in the middle. Interesting. But probably... I don't even know if it is realistic... I think it's unlikely, but I, I would still say... Well, it's not like you saying... I, I think that's okay. It's not like you saying uh, Bentleb and Sergio Busquets. I mean, there's <laughs> at least a degree of... Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Um, then Lamella. Captain. Eri- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lamella, Ericsson, maybe Danny Ings. Maybe. <laughs> God. Maybe. Do you, do, when you say Danny Ings, do you mean Ashley Barnes? I do. Oh shit! Yeah, that's one. No. But maybe, <laughs> no, maybe, maybe Danny Ings and Kane up front. And I would, I would also, I wouldn't mind us going in for someone like Berahino. But I think he's a thirty million pound player now. Unfortunately, no. I'm not saying he should be, but in terms he's of English, he's playing well. He's precisely. going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But it, Danny Ings almost falls into that trap as well. So you know, it's. 
I, I, to be honest, I can't really see us signing any like massive kind of first team players. I think it's going to be like Levy's actually clearly stated. We're going to be signing a lot of like like these kind of Vimmers, these kind of young players that are going to be breaking through uh, with a scope for them playing in a few years. I, I, I can't really see us making a marquee signing. To be honest, I think it's worth. Um, and you can find this on the internet if you're interested. This summer's got a really, um, really deep free agent market. Um, and so one name that might, I, I don't know if he's been linked or anything, but I, one name that I would, I would be interested to look out for is um, Andre Ayew, who plays in Marseille yeah. on the left side of their midfield um, in the kind of, what is it at the moment, kind of our Chadley position. Um, he's someone that would be interesting. Uh, Connor Bianca, I bring up every time. I just think he's a very good player. I was would... going to say I was waiting for him to be. I just think he. Um, I would that would that would be a sign that would really excite me. But beyond that, I would go with you, man. I don't. I don't. I. I just not that. I, I don't know why, but I'm just not that interested in transfers. I mean, I used to be, but I just, you know. I kind of enjoy seeing players progress and young guys coming through, and I think that's it's kind of more fun. Yeah, it's just you know, I think it's, I think uh, I, now I'm not going to do the whole people like Pritchard will be like new signings, but they almost will be in a way. Like, yeah, so, they will it's be. a totally new proposition for the team. Um, as much as we've kind of like not really dug him out and stuff, but you have to look at people like Yedlin. You have to look at maybe even the likes of a Ryan Fredericks, who is going to be coming back after a very good season with Borough, um, seeing what he can bring into the side. Should we laugh at Brentford for a little bit? There's, yeah, <laughs> I kind of got in a bit of trouble for that. A few people didn't really like me going on about that, but I was fucking yes, you fucking bastards. That's kind um, of because um, Brentford represent like the stat movement. So Brentford's success, like I don't think they got our kind of in joke there. Because to me, they just represent a massive home wrecker. Twat. Yeah, treacherous. No, no, part. attempted, attempted home Yeah, attempted home wrecker. Like, and, and that makes them kind of the lowest of the low. You attempted and you failed. Beaten yeah. off by, by, a, by a prouder man. Yeah. I just, yeah, um, But there's also <laughs> Delia Lee as well. Let's not forget. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's really exciting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, where's... Uh, and, well, let's see what old, uh, whatever his name is. Is it Paul Smith, the black box man? That's Mitchell. From... Mitchell. Paul Mitchell, that's the one, whatever his name is. Who cares? Um, some I want to still believe. Some knob that's going to get fired in a couple of years because all his signings turn out to be muck like yeah. Baldini. When we got the entire system in a point pew list. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Overnight. It's so going to happen. We'll oh, just wake God. up and the whole thing will be done. They'll build those the uh, the um, the training complex and just install the fiber side pitch and that's it. Fuck me. <laughs> um, right, let's kill it, dead Seb. Let's kill yeah. it. If you want to listen to any previous episodes of Rule Is podcast, you can do so. Um, they won't all be as good tonight as they were tonight. I have you know because um, it's been exceptional, obviously. That's um, been it's uh, you can do so at dot or on iTunes. You can follow the Spurs Statman account, which is run by the boss JP at Spurs Statman, and you can also follow the Rule the Roost account at RTRSSM. Last word, next week's show will be the last in the current series. I say series, I'm not going to say season. So fuck you. Come on, you Spurs. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.